0: the lord and the god of their fathers who brought them out of egypt and have embraced other gods worshipping and serving them that is why he brought all this disaster on them see we quote the first part we never quote the second part i have yet to hear a sermon that goes all the way through there selective editing if you will of our own Bibles, to claim the promises but not claim them fully because that fullness was based upon the faithfulness of the people and the faithfulness of the king to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be faithful to God. This is why Kings focuses so much on whether these people did good in the sight of God or evil in the sight of the Lord. Because it's based upon this promise right here that it's not just about the good stuff that God is going to do for His people. It's about, look, there's a promise. That is a two-edged promise. It's not just a promise to establish us and to forgive us our sin, which is awesome to know that that is there, available for every single person in 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 the kingdom of Israel. It's also a warning to them to realize, but if you don't, you're not special. Moses had already talked to the people of Israel, said, you think you, it's because of your righteousness you were chosen? Nope. Not at all. And just as you're kicking them out of you, this land here, I'll kick you out of this land if you act contrary to what you're covenanting to. It's repeated right here. God isn't showing favoritism to Solomon. He's not showing favoritism to the people of Israel. He says, you're my people if you're obeying me and doing what I've asked you to do. And if bad things are happening to you, because that's part of that covenantal promise when you look back to Deuteronomy 28 through 30, you have to repent and turn back to me. So at this place, at the temple, God is saying, I will hear you. In this place, if you come and you repent and you, and you humble yourself before me, I'll heal your land. But if you don't, I'll destroy this country, I'll destroy this city, and I'll destroy this temple. And when people come by and say, why did this happen? They said because they went off and they stopped serving God. See, either way, it's a testimony to God's faithfulness. You realize that, don't you? You Don't think about destruction and ruin of a place of worship for God being faithfulness, but that's what he said. And it's really interesting because when I, I look at this passage of Scripture, and I realize where Kings is going, you guys can Guarantee you're just going to look at it. As we go together, you're going to see this deterioration of both of these kingdoms until they're kicked out into exile. And you're going to realize God is faithful. And all they had to do was humble themselves before the Lord. Hold Him first, and they could be healed. And it's scary to me because when i look realizing that as as a christian people we don't have quote unquote a country we don't no place and say that that that's christian land right there there's not a place out there right lots of places that are founded with judeo christian principles absolutely and i think america is definitely one of those places but no place you can just say boom <laughs> there's christian land we, we're not home yet it's like sam said <laughs> All I know is I'm not home yet, you know. This is not where I belong. We, we know that. We know we're sojourners in this, in this movement between this life and the life Jesus has promised you and me, correct? This isn't our home. We can't get too comfortable here. And it hasn't been very comfortable lately, has it? For those who are followers of Jesus Christ, it hasn't been, fo- it hasn't been a lot of fun lately, has it? And I worry as I look at the attitudes that have grown up within our country. Because one of the things that the kingship did was that the people followed their leaders. They did. By and large, the king set the pace for the country of Israel. Judgment would come from the king down on the country of Israel or the country of Israel and Judah. And so the problem is, all the people would take on either the godly or non-godly characteristics of their human ruler they were looking at. And the culture would get worse and worse and worse in both societies. Because they stopped looking at God. Stopped looking toward God. And it started from the leadership on down. And the word that, that stands out to me in this section of scripture in 2 Corinthians is of course the one that we quote so often. It's the, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And I get a little worried in our country right now, is there? I've seen all the Facebook feeds. You want me to look at it? I mean, I could post them up there and show if anybody's on social media right now. Is there a lot of humility out there? And where do you think they're getting that from? Our leaders? I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or whatnot. If you're an official leader right now, when's the last time you heard a a public official concerning a policy that, that they had implemented or something like that said, we are wrong, outside of just trying to get political points someplace. We overdid this. I wish we would have done this better. I wish we could have done this right. It's something you don't hear. Everybody who's implementing policies right now that are affecting you and me are doubling down on what they believe is right. You go to Texas right now, what they're doing with COVID-19, guess what? All their leaders saying we're doing the right thing and all of you guys in New Mexico are doing the wrong thing. I don't care what which one you're for. I really don't. The lack of humility has invaded our country and is invading as a result people who are called by His name under the leadership of those under this country. And if my people don't humble themselves, I have a feeling it's going to be bad for the people of God. I've been a pastor here for 18 years, almost 19. Scary thought, getting into double decades, right? I've seen a change. I've seen a change in attitude over this period of time. It used to be that I would be here and we would have people who would come in on a regular basis to talk about things that were going on in their lives. Mark and my office is empty most of the time right now. I'm not lying, am I? Nobody comes in to talk because we have so much information on our hands, right? The Internet is out there and we can Google it. What's a YouTube video? It's the same as talking with one of us. Why why would I want to worry about Pastor Mark or Pastor Jeremy? Why do I why why should I bother them about this problem that I have when I can just Google it, right? First Corinthians chapter eight, verses one through three says this. started talking about food sacrifice to idols. But he moves into something that I think is very relevant for you and I. Now about food sacrifice to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know, but the man who loves God is known by God. See, knowledge puffs up. The whole idea of having all this information at our fingertips has not made us a more humble people, has it? We all know so much, don't we? We have the perfect solution. And we have no problem announcing it on Facebook. And if anybody disagrees with us, you know what we have now? It's called cancel culture. We just cancel them out of our lives. We just leave because we didn't like what somebody said to our post. We didn't like that argument that we had with somebody else. Because I know I am right and how dare they say something else. Who cares if they're another believer in Jesus Christ, right? I can't tell you how many people have left this church with an argument against me or Mark or someone else and chose not to confront it in a godly manner by saying, hey, I got something against you. We need to work this thing out as the Scriptures say. Nope, I'm just going to leave and cut you out of my life. Never mind, I might be right. I might be wrong. We'll never know, will we? Because we're not humble enough to come together and talk things out anymore. Compare these things to the Word of God and say, okay, we're both wanting to serve Jesus. I know that that's your heart. I know that that's my heart. Let's find out who's right, who's wrong. Maybe it's a little bit of both. And humble ourselves before the Lord because it isn't about winning an argument, it's about being obedient to Jesus. And somewhere we lost that. It's all about knowledge that we can get for this, for this thing or for that thing. And it's destroying us as a country, and it's destroying us as a people of God. There are less for those who are professing Christians. This study just came out. Those who call themselves believers in Christ... Only 43% believe in absolute truth. This isn't even talking biblical worldview. This is just absolute truth found in God and the Bible. Not even talking about interpretation at this point. Because if we go further than that, it goes down to 9%. Of having a biblical worldview of understanding what the Word of God says, how it's put together, how to apply it to our lives so that Jesus is exalted and He is Lord. But nobody's talking to me and Mark. We find out about divorces after they happen because they didn't need counseling. Because we're not humble enough to say, hey, I haven't got it all together. Because somewhere along the way, and it's led by our leaders, Every admission of weakness is considered sin. I can't admit that I'm wrong. I can't admit that I've got it all to, I don't have it all together. I can't do that because to do that is to let people know that I'm weak. And if they know that I'm weak, then I won't get reelected. Let me tell you something. Your marriage is not about reelection. The problem you have with your kids is not about you getting it right to look good in front of other people. I used to have conversations with parents all the time saying, hey, my children are sleeping with other people. My children are running away. I had all types of problems. Did those problems just go away? Or have we lost our humility to be able to say, I need a little bit of help here. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. Because we're worried about the judgment that comes down. But in the body of Christ... It's the same way as what he talked about with the people of Israel. If my people will humble themselves, come forward and pray, confess their sins, I will heal their land. It's not any different in the New Testament. James chapter 5 and verse 16. And therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We have elders up here every single Sunday. Only a handful of people in the entire year come up front for prayer. Really? Because I sure need more prayer than that. We want healing to happen in our nation, but we won't start with ourselves. All of these other things you are seeing out in the world right now is an extension of God's people not being able to humble themselves and being countercultural to a culture who will never admit their weakness. Let me tell you something I need Jesus. I need Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior because I can't do it myself. He's called us to be in community and he's called us to confess our sins one to another. And we don't do it. Because you and I have been affected by a culture that works from the top down just like the people of Israel that we're going to see in First and Second Kings. Do you think if the king was bad and every other person in the nation was doing what God wanted them to do, that God would have kicked them out of the land? The king was a representative of the people. He led them to do that. Some of you are looking at the wrong leaders right now. Some of you are looking for governmental leaders to be your spiritual authority. They can't be. They'll never be because they're not going to lead you back to Jesus. And until you and I can humble ourselves and show the world different in this place first, then they're going to know the Jesus that you and I know. By that matter, maybe we won't know Jesus that we're supposed to know. Everything I look at as we go into these studies in First and 2 Kings tells me it doesn't end well for people who will not humble themselves before the Lord and pray. Everything I see says that. And yet we have to take a hard look at ourselves. What are you posting online? Is it for the glorification of Christ? Or some political movement that you've adopted as your savior? These are hard words, I know. But I see so much of it. I see so much destruction happening. I see so many people abandoning the faith and canceling people out, not because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has to do with where our country is right now, and I don't care what side you are on that on that issue. I don't care what side you are on the riots. If it's not about Jesus, I, I, I don't care, because I'm not beholden to a state-run whatever their their big um, thing is for right now. I'm beholden to Christ to follow Him. That's who you say you're beholden to. Are you? Are you humble enough to say I don't have it together? That I need some help? That I should go to, to my spiritual counselors who care about me and want to draw me back to Jesus Christ in my marriage, with my children, in my friendships, at my job? Man, we should get all types of emails, all types of phone calls that we're building a biblical worldview inside of us so we can rejoice together. So we can pray for one another. So we can lift each other's up. And we don't need to look at our confession of sin as some sort of weakness, but an obedience to Jesus Christ. That that's what we're supposed to do in order to be healed. Guess what? i got sin in my life too. And that prescription for me is not any different than the prescription for you. As you'll recall, if we look back in Deuteronomy, they were supposed to write the law down, the kings were supposed to write the law down and not see themselves above anybody else. Any spiritual leader who comes up here and sees themselves as above somebody else, I am a fellow struggler just like you who needs confession for my sin, repentance before Jesus Christ, and I've got to be humble enough to do it. I'm fortunate I have a spiritual mentor in Mark and I go over there and we talk about this stuff very honestly and we confess our sins. We certainly aren't perfect but we want to be obedient because whether I'm reading for the people of Israel or I'm reading for the people of God in James, it's only when we confess our sins and we humble ourselves that God is able to heal us whether he's going to heal our land or heal us individually or heal our families or heal our marriages. And until you and I are convicted, that it's more important to be right with God than to be right. Whatever our issue might be, we'll never come to the point of humbling ourselves before him and being healed the way he wants to heal us in Jesus Christ. He's the only healer. He's the only one who provides peace. He's the only one who provides healing for your family. And nobody's going to tell you it's easy. You're in a bad marriage right now. You're in a hard marriage right now. Guess what? You're not going to come say, I gave it to Jesus and tomorrow it's better. No, we're going to tell you you need to come back again and again and again. You know why? Because sin has a way of just working its way in our life all over the place, doesn't it? And you and I have to be humble enough to say, yep, I messed up again. Yep, I didn't do that right. Yeah, I didn't do that according to the way he did. Because I don't want destruction for your household or mine. I don't want destruction for the people of God. But we've got to start thinking about listening to the right voices. Because that was the downfall of Israel. That was the downfall of Judah. And that will be the downfall of you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Not my word, his. He didn't talk about healing outside of that. I think we're at a very, very important time in history, not just for our nation, but for our church, to start listening to the right voices and to stop listening to the wrong ones. The question is, are we going to humble ourselves and do it? Would you stand with me? James 5 ends this way, verses 19 and 20. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I want to see our people healed. We're hurting people right now. But we've got to be healed by the only one who can heal us. It's not our government. It's not our policies. It's not our social movements. It's Jesus Christ and nobody else. We need to be more humble people. We need to confess our sins one to another. That needs to be our culture not because your pastors are perfect we're far from it and we have to do the same thing but it's the only place we're going to find healing that's what we're promising Christ not just eternal life but healing real healing can't happen if we don't do anything wrong I'm sorry I'm not that kind of Christian I've done plenty of wrong things Plenty of wrong thoughts. Plenty of things that I I overstep and overstate. And I need to repent of those things if I want healing for myself, for my family, for the greater body of Christ. But you do too. I'm not above you, and I'm not below you. We're equals in Christ with different roles and we need to be healed God I want to thank you for today pray in the name of Jesus right now you would humble all of our spirits there is such anger and angst in this world only one right answer is Jesus that's it and if that answer is not Jesus, then, then we need to make it where it's Christ. And Lord, I pray that you will search our hearts, know our anxious, thought, anxious thoughts, see if there's any wicked way in us, lead us into the way everlasting. Help us, O oh Lord, to be people who are readily to confess our sin, knowing that you are the only one who is righteous. This isn't about being proved right or looking bad in front of somebody else. Lord, it's just about the fact that we need Jesus and without Jesus we're going to be ruined without Jesus we're going to end up like Israel and Judah without Jesus we're going to end up ruined in our personal walk with Jesus Christ without Jesus we're going to see our families destroyed we're going to see our friendships ruined we're going to see all of these opportunities to give glory to God lost because we live in a culture right now that's not very humble. We've taken on a lot of their attributes and so God, forgive us, Lord. Help us become humble people again, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, that we may be healed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're watching online, God bless you. If you're in need of anything humble yourself come and talk to us we love you we're fellow sinners just like you we need that healing touch from Jesus those of you who are here there's prayer for you our elders will be up front not because they're better and elders same thing for you if you need healing it's a time for confession It's not a time for self-righteousness. It's a time for humbling so that the one who we're going to can heal us. God bless you all. Walk in the Spirit of Christ this day and start bringing healing to our families, to our friends, and to our land by exalting the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.